It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vests, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in what do you bet on Twitter, with music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett, and I'm not joined this week by anybody, unfortunately. So uh, this week, Aaron is at training with the Army, and he's not going to be available to to help me out. He's, um, yeah, he's down in Arkansas trying to do all he can and trying to kind of get through some other training. We're not going to go into what he's training on, because none of you particularly care, I suppose. But we will get into... Uh, all the sports here that we've been going through for the last week, and we will talk about uh, all the different things we have here. Uh, the one thing I'll tell everybody is, of course, uh, remember that you can follow this show, Scotty Johnny Podcast, at Scotty Johnny Pod. It's very easy to remember. It's right there on Twitter, at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me, at Not So Humble Host, and you can follow Aaron at Chatter Talk. Uh, so We'll get right into everything right away because I don't have a lot of bantering and uh, babbling to do at the front of this show. So right into everything here with what we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right, we start off uh, as we do most weeks with Packer talk. We'll get right into everything here and a wonderful win this week for the Packers. I had the the wonderful opportunity to be there. Thank you to my wonderful wife for getting me, uh, for getting us, because she went with me, obviously, getting us tickets to go to this game. Uh, 24-10 win. Uh, It's one that was kind of close at the beginning. It started off with 7-7, and it kind of stayed there for a bit. Uh, Washington, well, let's see. So it starts off with the Packers getting the first touchdown and Washington matching. Both teams exchanged, uh, you know, missed field goals for a little bit there. They each got a block, I believe. And then, yeah, then just kind of petered out for a little bit. Washington was able to move the ball, but this is the big story. The biggest story in this is uh, the Packers got their very first stop in the red zone. They stopped them two different times on fourth down. Uh, so for, for a team that has spent the entirety of this season giving up every single time somebody's gone into the red zone, giving up a touchdown, I, I believe it was 16 straight times or 15, just an unbelievable number. It's ridiculous to think about how badly the bad the Packers here have been as a defense in the red zone. But they get a couple big stops, a couple big plays there, and and really just one of them, quite honestly, is just because Henneke gave himself up for no reason. Uh, he tries to kind of slide into the end zone head first, but with the new rules uh, in the last couple of years, that's not new this year. He knew the rule. It's been a rule ever since he's been in the NFL there's, you know, if you give yourself up, you've given yourself up and the play is over when you go down. So Heineke goes in, tries to just kind of slide just headfirst in, but doesn't dive in and his knee goes down short of the goal line. And then the next play, he fumbles a little bit and gets stopped. And then once the whistle's blown, he reaches back out across the goal line again, but it's kind of too late by then. Uh, Heineke really did save the Packers on that one. I mean, (laughs) the best part is, after he got in, he did go do a Lambo leap, uh, which for anybody horribly upset by it, I mean, it's tacky to do it in someone else's stadium. It, it kind of is. 
especially since it's the Packers thing. It's you know the the leap is a Packer thing to go and do that in Lambeau is kind of tacky. The one thing I'll say though is that Heineke apparently grew up as a Packers fan. Um, he was a big big Aaron Rodgers fan, and so I guess it's just something he's always wanted, something he's always thought about doing. And so I guess it's a little different, but still, it's a tacky thing to do on the road. So, so the Packers, though, get a little bit of offense here. Things work out enough on offense. Uh, Rodgers throws three touchdown passes, spreads the ball out a lot better this game than he had in in kind of a while. Um, so in terms of the passing game, we've got Devontae with six receptions on seven targets, five targets to Tunyon for four catches, and Lazard gets six targets. It was actually a big, big Lazard game today, or this weekend here. 60 yards for Lazard and the touchdown. He had a couple really nice plays along the side. He, he probably could have been bigger, just you know, a couple misplays here or there. But nice King Lazard and Tunyon finally really involved in this passing game. That's the other big thing. Other than the you know defense finally getting stops in the red zone because they, you know, they still let teams into the red zone this week. They still let Washington get down into the red zone. But this team finally stopped somebody from getting into the end zone in the red zone. But the next biggest thing is Rodgers is starting to get in sync a little bit more with some of these other players. He's still been in sync with Devontae. He's getting back into sync with Lazard. And this is the first time he's really been in sync with Tunyon. Uh, he's had some problems getting the ball to Tunyon. Tunyon's actually been open several times that I've been watching where he's deep, has the guy deep, and Rodgers overthrows him. Uh, it's not the first time. This time he actually hit him. Uh, when I was at the Steelers game as well, there's a time he's he's leading through past the safety. Ball's there on time, just you know overthrows him. You know, so watching Aaron starting to get the ball on time to Tunyon and also hitting him was great. The other thing is Devontae Adams was wide open on that play on the other side of the field. They both basically kind of ran it out and kind of a, a post-corner kind of look. Not a straight post-corner, but like a, they went downfield, did the the post look, but then cut out. And uh, both of them were open, and Rodgers didn't automatically throw to Devontae. So he's at least looking somewhere else now when, when plays are opening up. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown was at least kind of involved in the passing game. He almost caught a couple. Um, he had a couple little blocks here and there. But yeah, not not quite anything there. The biggest problem was, yeah, uh, Washington was able to stop the running game. The uh, running game never really got going. Uh, I'm trying to remember the number they had here. A.J. Dillon had three carries for six yards and two fumbles, all right? And I can't remember where I saw it on Twitter, and I, I apologize. Um, it might have been Peter Bukowski. It might have been... Uh, Andy Herman, I'm trying to remember who, but but the big point they put out was they went through and looked and they said, you know, there's only been two other times, I guess, just two other times where a player had two fumbles and at least uh, and, and like less than eight yards total rushing, but the other two were both quarterbacks. I think it was Favre and Nall, Craig Nall. So it's like, it, it, that's not exactly a great, sort of collection there because neither of them are running backs to have a running back get two fumbles but also not get even 10 yards is is not great so it was not a big day for him and he only ended up with the three carries Equinemius St. Brown got one carry for 13 yards so getting him involved somewhere Rogers at two for 17 (laughs) and I guess if you're going to talk about the running game the biggest problem for the Packers 
on defense was almost certainly that Heineke was the leading rusher in this game. Uh, he had 95 yards rushing. Now, part of this is you say, well, you can get pass rush, but he is kind of fast enough to rush for yards, but not fast enough that you plan for it. So Heineke gets the ball, and uh, when nothing opens up downfield, because Packer coverage was actually fairly decent most of the game, and Heineke took off, and he'd get gashes here and there. He had a 38-yard run, which is, I believe, the longest run the Packers have given up this year, passing. Uh, it was another quarterback. Uh, I'm forgetting which one it was, but it was another quarterback that got the longer, the, the other long run like that. So, yeah, it, it's rough there. You say that that's one thing, but I don't think that that's quite the thing you're going to look at and say that, well, definitely they gave up 95 to Henneke, and so next week you face Kyler Murray, and you'd be really worried. I think the difference is you didn't plan for Henneke running. Like I said, he's fast enough that he can do some damage, but he's not likely to do it consistently enough that it's going to beat you. This team still ended up with 10 points. So the offense wasn't wasn't being run through Heineke's legs. Uh, that's, it kept some drives alive, kept things going for sure. But I think that they'll plan it differently when they're playing somebody who's actually a runner, who's a real threat like Murray is. So that'll be a little different. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, big things on this game, it just... For the most part, it's it's six straight wins. The team is looking a little sharper on offense. The offensive line still has some work to do. That was a very good front four for Washington, though. And they did give up a couple sacks. Rodgers had to run out of there a couple times. They couldn't get the running game going at all. So it has to be better than that. Um, but they're still waiting to start seeing what will happen when Bakhtiari gets back. Um, I don't know what else they're going to do. We're just going to be looking at keeping Patrick in at center and that's that's going to be a long hard run there so there's there's help on the way but still there's some things that need to be fixed in terms of other players that were on there who looked well uh, and did well in this game Rashawn Gary definitely gets a big uh, congratulation for this game he had I believe seven quarterback pressures Uh, I believe he leads the NFL in quarterback pressures right now Uh, it's his numbers are ridiculous he's doing great and should be getting way more attention from Packers fans than he's been getting. I know the people in the circles I travel in are very excited about him and very happy that he's there, but it, it he's not getting the sort of overline love that he should be getting for as good as he's played. Pardon me, as well as he's played. Forgive me. Um, one of the other people who did, who has continued to be at least uh, a consistent force has been Dean Lowry. Uh, again, he goes out there and has another nice game he's not world breaking but he's been having several very nice games he gets a half a sack somebody else just jumped on after he he starts pulling him down but he gets five tackles two solo and a half sack uh kingsley kiki ends up with uh one and a half sacks and uh another tackle for loss as well so yeah that went very well uh chandon sullivan stepping in on this very injured defensive backfield and he gets the pick Eric Stokes also played very well in this group, and Devondre Campbell is still just fantastically great. So in terms of this, also remember looking at this defense, there was a lot of yelling, there was a lot of anger in this defense, and yeah, they gave up a lot of yards. But uh, they're playing this game without King and without uh, without Alexander, okay? And they're playing this game without what are kind of their top two guys they would have on the rushing uh, on the outside there, the you know, both Smiths. Uh, both of them are out. So you're losing four of your top 
you know, 11 players. You know, you've got 11 starters. Four of them are out on that defense, and they gave up 10 points to an NFL team. Yeah, a home game against a team that was two and four, but Washington's offense is the strength of that team, generally speaking. Uh, the Packers really should have scored more than what they did. Um, that part still gets me because this is not a good Washington defense. We're thinking of what they were last year and how we good we expected them to be when the season started. But this Washington team is just, they're not the offense they were last, or pardon me, the defense they were last year, and it's showing. And they need to find ways to get better than that. But it's, you know, the Packers really didn't get the sort of just uh, tight sort of offense, the the uh, the just precision that they need to be a team that's going to be, you know, in, in a very tough NFC a playoff contender, all right? And it's a very... It's a very uh, tough NFC right now. There's several great teams. We're going to see another good one next week. But, yeah, Packers need to look better than this on offense to get something going here. In terms of going forward, the Packers are going to be playing Arizona next week. That's going to be a very rough game. It's going to be a Thursday night game. So the hardest part we have to say here, too, is that playing on a Thursday night always, I guess, benefits the home team to a certain degree but it definitely just hurts the, the the visiting team. Getting up and going somewhere, traveling, getting there, you know, Thursday right away. I mean, you've got to try to amp up your week because normally you don't do anything. Monday, you're going to get Tuesday and maybe a little bit of Wednesday practice, but you're already going to be on the road Wednesday, so you can get up Thursday and get ready and do some walkthroughs before you go out there. It's going to be a short week. It's going to be a rough week. Um, right now, Green Bay's offense, I mean, when we were talking about them last week, they were around 11. They've gone up to fifth in DVOA, all right? I mean, the the you know the value-adjusted sort of thing that we've been looking at, Packers up to fifth in DVOA offense. So, I mean, that is, I mean, that's a fantastic thing to start looking at and feeling good about that team. But, man, they're about to play the number two DVOA defense, the one right behind the Bills. Um, so, Looking already, uh, we've played the number five one, the Bengals, and the number seven one, the, the the Bears, and the number nine one. So we've already played three top ten DVOA defenses on this season so far, and San Francisco is at twelve. So we've seen our fair share of of good defenses. Uh, on I'm sorry, I, I missed this too. I, I guess I've tried to block this from my mind, but New Orleans defense is three. They're the third best team in DVOA defense. So we have played 3, 5, 7, 9, and 12. We have not played bad defenses. This offense, while it has not been clicking like you would like or like it did last year, is still playing at a very high level. So the number 5 DVOA defense going up against the number 2 offense. And, uh, yeah, so the looking at where we're going to be seeing in terms of Arizona's offense, I think this is going to be the biggest problem is the Packers' defense is still way down at 23rd, all right? And that's not particularly good, obviously. There are only 32 teams, and the Packers are 23rd. Um, in terms of Arizona's offense, though, they're 7. So the, the strength of, of our offense versus their defense is going to be a big, big competition, but the their offense is way better than our defense, way better. Throw on top of that the news that we just got that Devontae Adams – is now on the COVID um, injured reserve list. He's been placed on IR on the COVID list. So 
oh, there's no chance he's there. There's basically no way he plays. I think I've seen some people saying that there's certain ways he could get there. Just count that he'll not be playing. Uh, Joe Barry won't be the defense coordinator because he's also on the COVID list apparently right now. So that'll be rough for us. Uh, Arizona just getting out of their mess where they had to play without their head coach and some other players too. Uh, while they beat up on, on pardon me, Texans. They beat on the Houston Texans this last week. And the only thing valuable about that game is that it was a scoregami because it was 31-5. to five. And the biggest thing is just the Texans are terrible. They're a really bad team, and Arizona's a good team, and they beat up a bad team. And as amped as you want to get about that, I mean, that's what you, you learned there. There was no surprise in that. But Arizona's a 7-0 and team. They're an undefeated team and the only undefeated team. And you're going to go there on a Thursday night. It's going to be hard getting down there. You're playing without your best receiver, maybe the best receiver in football. And you're going to go up against a very good defense and a really good offense. And your really good offense is going to go up against a really good defense. And their really good offense is going to go up against your kind of middling defense. So uh, unless there are big turnovers or unless there's a much better specific game plan for what to do with Arizona, this could be a game where things aren't going to be close. And I hate to say it, I mean, because it, uh, from losing Adams, it went from being Packers getting three to Packers getting six. So and I'd probably take the Cardinals on that bet. I bet they'd win by a touchdown. I'm not trying to be a downer here, just we want to be realistic on our show. We don't want to be the the, the duckies and bunnies, like we say. Just we want to be a team that our show is talking realistically about this. And we both knew that Washington was not going to hold a, a candle to this Packers team, especially able to stop this offense. But Arizona's got a much better defense than what we just saw this last week. And uh, one of the better defenses we've seen in a bit. I mean, I guess we've seen a lot of good defenses this year. But it's going to be it's going to be interesting, and I don't think that this is one that's going to be a, a good look for the, for the Packers. It's not a, a very hopeful sort of game here. But after that, uh, yeah. A game that looked more interesting at the beginning of the year. Um, the Packers will then play a team that is currently 3-4, and four, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but their defense has just completely let down everybody. They are the second-to-worst defense in the league. They are 31st in both uh, passing DVOA and rushing DVOA. Uh, they are 31st overall in DVOA on defense. Uh, they are the second-best offense and the second-worst defense. So... That'll be a little bit down the road. For the time being, we're just going to look forward at this Arizona game. These numbers don't look good for you. Uh, or, you know, like If you're looking at this team, this is not a team that's going to have great matchups for the Packers, especially if we're going to take out our, our kind of matchup-proof guy in Devontae Adams and say that he's not going to be available. It's going to be hard to try to find ways to make other things click in here, which is why it does give me some hope that, you know, Tanya was getting involved. Lazard was getting involved. It was nice to know some of those things were starting to work a little bit. Mercedes Lewis has actually been fantastic for this offense this year, uh, caught several balls and just been, you know, just incredible once he gets the ball in his hands moving downfield. But still, this is not a matchup you like if you're the Green Bay Packers. Moving on to college football, though, you know, we're talking about the, the Badgers who surprised us all. And, and I'm not going to pretend we had anything to do with it. First off, uh, because I'm on tape saying I thought the, the Badgers would probably lose this game. Uh, I thought it would be close, but I thought they'd lose. I didn't understand why they were favored. But I guess people knew something. Uh, apparently, with you know going with the Badgers on this, even giving up three and a half points was easily the play. Uh, Badgers moved to four and three overall, two and two in conference, 
with a big win in uh, West Lafayette down at ross Stadium and getting the win over the Purdue Boilermakers. Big news in this game is uh, Badger defense pulled out five different turnovers. They had three interceptions of Aiden O'Connell, and just he threw for 200 yards. His number looked kind of okay in that he was 24 of 32 for 200 yards, which is okay in terms of yardage, but he threw one touchdown and three interceptions, and they score two touchdowns and uh, miss an extra point. So, yeah, it just got taken away from them pretty quickly because the Badgers just, once they got in their minds that they could just move this ball down the field uh, by just running and just continuing to run at this defense, which is not a bad defense. This is a good defense, and they wore them down. They really did because it just kept going and kept building. It was kind of slow going early. They did get the touchdown to go up 7 nothing uh, on a very long drive, uh, a long, consistent drive. Um, Braylon Allen getting a lot of big plays. You know, in that first drive, just several really nice little runs put together. Uh, he ends up with that 70-yard run, too, that he finally got caught by the safety way down the field. But, I mean, 12 carries for 140 yards. Yeah, he had a fumble, and because of that, then they, they took him out of the game for a while and let Chesmalusi take several drives in a row, and that's when the offense kind of slowed down and sputtered, and Malusi's been fine. Uh, he got 5.5 a carry. He had a, a 20-yard run for a touchdown. He had another 35-yard run at one point, finished with 27 carries for 149 yards, two different running backs hitting 140, um, and that's how you win that game, obviously. You, you control the ball, you stay there safely, and just just keep going. Yeah, this Purdue could not move the ball on the ground. Uh, they had a total of negative 13 yards rushing, counting the uh, four sacks of O'Connell. Uh, Plummer, he had eight different carries. He's the running guy. Uh, so he had a long of nine and a total of zero yards rushing. Uh, and, and the other you know, three running backs ended up with 22 total yards rushing. So negative 13 yards for them as a team. They lost half a yard per carry. That's, that, I mean, there you go. And they took David Bell almost entirely out of that game. Fan Hicks just shut him down. Six uh, receptions for 33 yards. I mean, the week before, he gets like 200 yards against Iowa. And uh, they just took him out of the game. Uh, just made it so he could not do anything. And they just shut down this offense and had, had a great game. I just thought that the weakest part of this team would probably be the backfield. I thought Purdue could move the ball better than they did. And they, they could not. And uh, eventually, they just couldn't stop Wisconsin's running game in this one. And yeah, it's hard if you're going to lose two fumbles and three interceptions in a game. It doesn't much matter what else happens in that game. Um, Mertz gave up the he he fumbled the one time, and that was returned immediately for a touchdown where the extra point was missed. So, I mean, Purdue's offense, the number twenty-five ranked Purdue coming into the week. That offense scored one touchdown. That's it. That's the only thing they did. They had one drive that meant anything to them. And yeah, just I'm shocked. I'm entirely just shocked at how well the Badgers played in terms of being able to do enough on offense to score 30 points. Granted, some of it is just the fact that they were able to get five turnovers turns into points. But they, they did enough and they maintained some drives and they had more good drives than Purdue did. They were, they were clearly the better-looking team of the two, and that Badger defense was insane. Um, just it, it is hard watching Leo Chanel. That guy is so, so good. Uh, eight solo tackles, nine total, three-and-a-half sacks, five-and-a-half tackles for loss. That is unbelievable. Jack Sanborn, uh, he also gets uh, half a sack and one-and-a-half tackles for loss. 
just those two middle linebackers controlled the game, uh, came in on the pass rush, and also stopped any kind of run. Um, so it's just fantastic. Chanel named Defensive Player of the Week, I think, for a second week in a row. Uh, just incredible time for those guys. Uh, Fan Hicks and Caesar Williams stepped up big in this game in a way that they had not heretofore done. Uh, even Bryson Williams and uh, Ke- Keanu Benton had some nice uh, plays as well up the middle in keeping that run game uh, in check. So great, great game for Wisconsin. I'm going to bring you back to earth. I still don't think they're going to beat Iowa. Um, it's hard to think that they're going to beat this Iowa team. This, the way you beat this Iowa team is you throw on them. Uh, they're a solid sort of defense that plays consistent football and keeps you in front of them and makes their tackles. Uh, the way you attack them is that their corners aren't massively athletic. They're going to be playing very simplistic defense. They don't try to wow you with anything other than being disciplined. And it's the sort of game where, man, if we could throw, it would be you know, you'd say this is the game we can take and we could sneak away with one, but we don't particularly throw. <laughs> I mean, um, Mertz completed his first five passes in this game this last week and then finished five of eight. And so it's like, yeah, um, they aren't going to throw with Mertz if they don't have to. I and mean, they'll do it on third and eight. They'll do it when the opportunity calls for it, but they're not, they're not really putting him in to try to get him in rhythm that much. And if the running game is working, they are going to lean on it heavily. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. I, I don't feel horribly confident in anything about playing Iowa. They are going to get them at home. Um, and it doesn't look like the spread is three and a half, which is maybe about right. Uh, it's an over-under of 36 and a half. So they're just not saying it's going to be a high-scoring game. I mean, the first team to get to 25 is going to win this game, or first team to, I guess, uh, about 20. If you can get to 20, the other team is not going to get there. So three touchdowns wins it for either team. And I, I don't know. I think the Iowa's got a better passing game, obviously. Uh, Badgers have the better running game. I think in terms of what they can make us not do, Iowa's got a lot of ability there. It'll, if if the if they're going to win this, the Badgers defense is going to have to sh- shut them just way down. They're going to have to hold them to 10 points or 7 points or something like that. And the Badgers are going to have to control that turnover margin again. If I'm putting money on this, uh, which I can't because I live in Wisconsin, uh, so until the uh, the Assembly and the Senate get their act together and allow us to just bet on sports or something, it's uh, it's going to be a rough one. I don't I don't think this is one where the the Badgers are, should be favored. I'm glad that it's a low point spread. Uh, this is a team that that really the Badgers can't beat. I guess at this point, looking at it, but I think that the odds are very much against them here because I think Iowa's like I said, attacking their weaknesses is something that Wisconsin is not built to do at this point. I think the Badgers could find a way to run on this team, but I think it's the least likely scenario uh, because that's Purdue beat up on Iowa, but they did so by being able to just throw it and having a couple guys that could just get it to. If the Badgers found a way this week to put together a game plan where they got Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor and Shamari Dique and ran a bunch of short routes, some outs, some crosses, uh, some just slants, things like that, I think they could find a way to beat this Iowa team that way. Because I think if Mertz goes back, plants his back foot, and throws immediately, like as he goes back, plants that back foot, and immediately steps and throws. Get him in rhythm. Let the ball out immediately. Quick reads, one, two, and then maybe take off or throw it away. Uh, They could get him into some rhythm and get him some confidence. I don't think they're going to do that. 
I think they're going to run the ball a lot, and I think it's going to be you know a ten to fourteen kind of game. Uh, so we'll see. And I think that I was going to find a way to get one more turnover than the Badger defense, just because of our offense, not because of their defense versus our defense, but because of their defense versus our offense. And I, I think that that's going to be it. Um, so yeah, either way though, we'll be watching and hoping that the Badgers can pull one out here. All right, moving into basketball because we actually have a season now. Uh, we have the Bucks going and defending their their championship from last year, and uh, we got a, a roaring start off to this Bucks being the Nets, which we all told you they'd do. Getting those rings, doing it in front of the Nets, um, they were going to be ready. And the biggest hilarious part was the Nets fans were like, "Bucks are playing like this is the playoffs. They're playing like it's the finals." And my favorite response is because the Bucks know what it's like to play in a finals. <laughs> uh, either way. This was a game where you knew they'd come out, they'd, they'd hit hard, and they'd, they'd get all those, they'd get, do everything they could. They get 20 points from Connington, for crying out loud. If you get 20 points from Connington and 15 from Noara off the bench, you should win every one of those games. Uh, Lovis puts an eight, and all the rest of the starters are in double digits. Uh, Antetokounmpo getting 32. He was plus 25 on the night, uh, plus 20 for Middleton, and he scored 20 points. So, yeah. Um, Bucks looked very, very good in that opening one. Got a, a, a great start. Got off to shooting uh, where were they? they were 37.8% from three. They gave up 53% from three and still won going away. Uh, they won by 23 points in a game where, uh, I mean, just uh, those are crazy numbers. I mean, the Nets were 17 of 32 from three in this game and lost. Uh, they were also, I guess, 13 of 23 from uh, free throws. One of the fun stats here is uh, Giannis, 7 of 9 on his free throws. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's good to see that. Uh, the Bucks shot 77% as a team from free throws. If Gian, It looks like Giannis is kind of, he has slimmed down his um, his routine. Right, like he had the like multiple dribbles, pull the ball up, wait, I got to breathe. It looks like it's one dribble up and shoot and if he's going to do that and if he can make his free throws uh, that that changes his team a little bit and that's that's enough of a benefit that i think it makes the bucks really hard to beat now as soon as i say that though of course they they lose to the heat <laughs> and that was one where they they got beat going away they did not get to 100 in this game um Giannis gets 15 uh, and actually like all the starters were negatives everybody's negative when they're on the floor um so, I mean, Mamou Kalashvili got 12 points, got 11 points from Noara, 8 points from Kalitsakis. Um, but still, even with the help from the bench, the just not enough points from the starters. Just They just didn't have it there. I think you had that big, this is one you feel was a letdown, because Miami's a well-coached team, on the road, your first road game after getting your ring and feeling really good, and then you pick up and go, and you, you just put up a sinker. All right? I mean, it's just, it, it is what it is, because... That was just kind of a trap game. And, you know, the Bucks just didn't shoot particularly well. Uh, as a team, they shot 38% from the floor, 28% from three, and 65% from free throws. Although Giannis, uh, six for 10. Uh, actually, he's the worst group on there, probably. But, you know, Kelly Tsakis is actually one of four. So, yeah, just, you know, that's not particularly great in that regard. And then you face somebody who's shooting 53%, 42.9 from three and 64 from the f uh, free throw line. And yeah, 
that's that's how you lose a game like that. You just they weren't with it. They weren't excited. They didn't have things going for them. So it just it kind of fell apart on them. Bucks come back with two big wins right after that, though they take out uh, they take out the Spurs uh, in a, by ten points, twenty one twenty one to one eleven on the road. And like we said, they started off with the home game and get three straight road games here. Um, they they lost that trap one to the Heat, but then they beat the Spurs and then they beat the Pacers. Uh, Pacers, of course, uh, divisional team. It's gonna you know kind of matter keeping them down. That's probably the best team left in that uh, division. Although the Bulls have looked all right so far to start off the year. Uh, but in this one, Giannis, again, 10 of 13 from his free throws. And if he's just a slightly, you know, if he's a 70% free throw shooter, something like that there this year, it's going to be a, a fantastic year. He ends up with 30 points again. Uh, in this game, he's got 10 rebounds. He's an assist short of a triple-double against Indiana uh, tonight here. So it's just a nice all-around win. Get ahead early, kind of coast in. Fourth quarter, they didn't need to do anything. That's the only quarter where they were outscored. Uh, Connington gets them 13. Noara gets them 9. Noara doing a very good job of being that next guy uh, coming off with Connington, being that uh, the tall guy coming off the bench. Uh, now they're playing kind of, I believe, uh, had some injuries there. So they've got uh, Antetokounmpo and uh, Thanasis, his brother, Antetokounmpo, also starting Middleton. Uh, George Hill and Grayson Allen starting five in this one. So um, being able to get significant time from uh, Noara and Connington is going to be a huge part of this uh, game. And so they find a way to win this one, 119 to 109. And getting off to a 3-1 and one start uh, it just looks like you know this team is still kind of where they were. They're not too full of themselves. They're playing very well. Hopefully this is something they can keep up. Um, and and nice seeing again if we can see consistent play. Uh, we've seen some good games from Mamukilashvili and um, Kalisaikis actually having a couple nice games. Not not so much here against Indiana, but he's played fairly well in these other games. Uh, Connington, you know what you're getting off the bench, and Noara being a, a guy. And if he's going to be a consistent player this year, uh, fantastic. Feeling very very good about that. Um, yeah, if we get anything from these two rookies with the you know, the Bucks being the all-name team here, uh, it's going to be a nice year to watch again. So very glad about that. In terms of Badger basketball, I do want to give you just a little bit of a, a just a preview here, getting going soon. Badgers, this is going to be a rough year to watch Badger basketball. All right? And, and actually, quite honestly, also Marquette basketball. Uh, Marquette basketball is going to be playing a lot of guys you have not been seeing. Uh, Theo John transfers they're playing a lot of freshmen. I think they only had four total upperclassmen on that Marquette team. It's it's a long, rough season for that Marquette team going forward. Um, they're picked the bottom part of that Big East. Badgers being picked for 10th in the Big Ten in the uh, the coaches poll. There's a couple of different ways this is kind of looking to shape up here. Um, they got a couple different uh, transfers here. The one of them, Chris Vogt. V-O-G-T. Uh, he's a seven foot one center, came over from Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati. Uh, Jacoby Neath uh, is a 6'3 point guard, came over from Wake Forest. So with those two guys transferring into Wisconsin, that's kind of the the older group here. Uh, so we also have uh, sophomore Stephen Crowell, who's also a center. And then the other point guard, uh, Chucky Hepburn, who's a freshman. He's 6'1". A couple seven footers there at center. It's going to be interesting to see how they kind of rotate that around, giving different guys time. 
Uh, the guys you can be pretty sure are going to get a lot of time power forward, Tyler Wall, who's kind of been that sixth guy for the last couple of years, uh, Jonathan Davis, who everybody's very excited about, uh, small forward at 6'5", and then, of course, Davidson. Or Davison. Uh, we all know Brad Davison. He's coming back. He's the only guy from that group of, of kind of super seniors from last year who's coming back off the COVID year. Um, none of the rest of those other guys really went anywhere after kind of finding a way to complain about coaching. Uh, none of them were particularly intriguing to anybody at the NFL or NBA level. So, um, yeah, some of it is on them to just, I think they got satisfied and then they got mad that they weren't doing what they thought they should do. And we'll see what it is. This is going to be a young team. Uh, this is going to be a, a kind of raw team and it's a team you don't really know a lot about what you're looking at. Uh, we're bringing back three guys, really. Uh, Wall and Davis, who came off the bench a lot, and then Davison, who started quite a bit. But yeah, it's going to be seeing those guys probably vote and Neath uh, coming out there as well. And that'll probably be the starting five, though we'll kind of see how things play out as the season goes on. But it's going to be a very long, kind of dark, growing year. This will be a good year to really judge what you've got here with guard. Uh, if he can start with this team, which is going to be, which is really going to need those first couple of weeks of playing um, some of those, those other non big 10 schools. All right. They're going to need that time to try to figure out who they are, figure out the rotations and get themselves ready for what's going to be a very difficult long season. And if they can roll into some kind of shape to where, you know, if they can get into a tournament this year, it'd be fantastic. Uh, but this is going to be a year to check your, I guess, your expectations and just say, yeah, this is going to be a long, hard year. It's going to be interesting what this team can do and who they'll be. Just just um, kind of hold off on being too angry about anything at this point. Uh, they lost a lot of players, a lot of senior leadership. And this is going to be a, a team that's fairly young. They're a young Badgers team. Uh, for Marquette fans, too. It's been hard. They've lost some of the, the big names they've recruited over the last couple of years, some of their better players. Uh, so we kind of end up with a team that's got a lot of freshmen, uh, a lot of fairly decent talent, but a lot of freshmen. You know, maybe UW-Milwaukee will be the most interesting team this year as they've got a, a five-star freshman playing on that team that could be very interesting to watch. So you know, we'll, we'll see how they go once everybody gets started. But um, this may not. this may be the year to sit out college basketball and just you know sit down there with the nba for a year and just just wait but if, if you're willing to watch a team grow and get ready for the 2022 season then this will be a year that'll be interesting to watch at the badgers and to see what you've got going forward and i think jonathan davis is going to be the the most interesting one of them to watch almost certainly and with all of that said, I guess the next thing we're going to do is start wrapping up the other stories that we have. Uh, I have a little more time to do it uh, because it's just me and I haven't been able to rely on Aaron to save me from just kind of babbling on. But uh, we'll put everything else into a segment of the show that we lovingly call Our Last Call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for The Last Call. Okay, in terms of last call, we're going to start off, as we like to do, with women's sports at Wisconsin. Uh, volleyball team continues to roll. Uh, had a very tough one. I mean, this week they played, first off, number six, Ohio State, who's no longer number six because the Badgers beat them three games to one. They had uh, big games here again, just uh, 
Oops. On here, uh, Dana Ratke got 16 kills. Uh, Julia Orzal got 13. Uh, another big day of digs for Lauren Barnes, getting 10 of the 47 team digs. Uh, she did fantastically here again. Um, yeah, they just came out. They they put it up early, got a 26-24 win, 25-22. They lost the third set, uh, but then came back and won the fourth set, 25-14. Uh, just got better as they went along. I mean, granted, there was a third set that went the other way, but uh, winning by 11 in that final set there to to put it all away was was great. They go to 16-1. and one. They remain number three in the country because the top two teams are still undefeated. They need one of those teams to lose to kind of move up anywhere, but they're hanging there at number three, still sitting well uh, and pretty for uh, a top seed in the tournament moving forward. Uh, they followed that up by beating Penn State. Penn State, a uh, perennial top 10 uh, team, multiple national championship team. Uh, they came into this one, and this one was a rough game. This this one came, uh, it went it went five, all right? So the Badgers, they, they lost the first one 27-25, comeback win 32-30. I mean, that was a killer set, just on and on and on and just constantly, you know, battling through, finding a way to take that set and keep it uh Keep it going. I believe it was the uh, the dress up night. They want people to show up in costumes and everything. Uh, third set they lose twenty five twenty and then come back win twenty five twenty three in the fourth set to force a fifth. And as you remember, uh, this doesn't happen often for the Badgers, but they did get to a fifth set. Fifth set is only to fifteen, win by two. So the Badgers win fifteen to seven in that fifth set. Uh, put it away. Took care of that here and just uh, you know move on. Get another victory, staying very much in the hunt for for one of those top seeds, like I said. Uh, great games all around. Uh, Dana Recchi just took over at several points. Uh, she she had four, uh, 43 total attempts, 24 kills, uh, went at a, a, a 5-12 pace on the percentage there. All right. Um, 11 kills by uh, Devin Robinson. Julia Orzao uh, gets 19. 29 digs by Lauren Barnes. Uh, Sydney Hilly gets 18. She uh, actually gets to her 1,000th dig. Uh, so just really, really good times. Uh, 65 assists from Sydney Hilly. Uh, just wonderful game there. Not a ton of errors really either uh, as a team. So uh, just a well-played game by two teams that are very good and have a lot of leadership on, on those teams and just finding ways to, to stay at it. Uh, in terms of total errors, yeah, it looks like... You know they found ways to have mistakes here, but they both end up with like 74 total kills to 67 total kills. Um, they're even on the errors. They were even on that, and yeah, just uh, striking percentage for Wisconsin was a 222, and it was a 185 for Penn State. That's just kind of where it ends up. Uh, Badgers actually again getting beat on blocks. That's the one kind of weak point on this Badger team is they seem to just the number of blocks. They do win on aces again, like seven to three on aces against Penn State. Um, moving forward, it, I mean, it doesn't get easier in the Big Ten. They're going to play the now sixth-ranked Nebraska. Follow that up by playing number twelve Purdue, uh, the Northwestern, then Iowa, then Purdue again, and Northwestern, then Michigan State. Yeah, and then they'll finish out the year: Minnesota, Nebraska, Indiana. So yeah, it's just it's going to be a it's going to be slogged down the finish, uh, trying to find a way to, to stay on top of the Big Ten. That one weird loss to Maryland is the only thing holding them out of that number one spot. That game made no sense. 
it doesn't match with how they've played pretty much the rest of the year. But it's a it is a loss, and that's the one thing keeping behind those top two teams is just the, just the loss that they had there. So it's been rough. Uh, Badger women's hockey comes out with a great great matchup this weekend. Uh, fantastic time playing uh, number two ranked Ohio State. All right, and it's just they get a three to one win on Saturday, and then Sunday. Uh, they went into overtime at 1-1. So, yeah, just just a, a fantastic set of games, uh, well played by both teams. Number one, Wisconsin, coming out and, and just finding the way to win that game. Uh, so just really wonderful game uh, all around. Uh, the second goal in that game is Nicole LaMantia from Sophie Shirley and Casey O'Brien. Uh, Sophie Shirley continuing to play very well. Casey O'Brien doing very well. LaMantia has both goals in this game where they get the two to one win and uh, stay undefeated. 10 and one, or probably 10 and 0. Uh, the number one ranked team, they have every single first place vote in, in hockey. So that's just they're playing really, really well. Lots of great play. Goalie again named Big Ten Goalie of the Week. So, or pardon me, the WCHA Goalie of the Week. Pardon me. I'm thinking of men's hockey already, unfortunately, and I'm so used to talking Big Ten sports for Wisconsin, but it is WCHA there. Um, but yeah, so that's that. That's fantastic. They they still look just on pace to be a, a, a champion again. So uh, that's fantastic. Congratulations to the women's of that team. What an incredible weekend. Um, so many big things coming up yet for this team. Uh, they'll be playing Minnesota State in Mankato uh, in the coming uh, well, Friday and Saturday here. Minnesota State not ranked currently. So this is one where th- they should be easily favored to win, but you know, can't take any of these for granted, especially uh, games that are uh, conference games like that. Uh, so Wisconsin, though, ooh, they go to St. Cloud, number three ranked St. Cloud, and they scored two total goals, but they gave up nine. Uh, they lose on Saturday, or pardon me, they lose on Friday first, five to one, then they lose Saturday, four to one. Just, they just weren't weren't close these weren't close games the, the, the badgers are not a top 10 team they will not be a top 10 team um the amount of talent they lost from last year's team is going to be hard to replace quickly uh they lost a guy who then went and carried his team to the stanley cup final uh i mean colt caulfield on that team last year man just what he was able to do immediately going into the nhl shows just how special he is uh, as a player and i wish he wasn't on the canadians because i don't like them but it's not going to get easier for Wisconsin. Now they're going to go uh, go play at Michigan, number two ranked Michigan this next week. Uh, that'll be on Big Ten Network on Thursday, and then they'll play again Friday, uh, seven o'clock each night, or probably seven o'clock Eastern, six o'clock Central. Yeah, the, the season. This is going to be a long, rough season. The Big Ten's still good. Badgers lost a ton of talent from a Big Ten championship team last year. And yeah, it's going to be hard to, to keep that up. So it could be a long slog for this, this Badger team as they try to get their feet underneath them and uh, get ready to try to retool to you know get somewhere in the next year or two in terms of being competitive again. Uh, in terms of any other uh, Wisconsin hockey, we're still getting ready to start this uh, D3 season here. 
As we said, most of those games will start kicking off this weekend here. Biggest one to watch, of course, will be UWSP Pointers versus the St. Norbert Knights. Um, that should be a very good series this weekend, or at least a good game there to start off the season. UW Eau Claire also primed for a very good season. They'll be starting off with St. John's up in Collegeville. So take a look at some of those. Uh, we'll update you as the season goes on and try to make sure we have all that information for you. In terms of WIAC football, uh, continued success for UW Lacrosse and UW Whitewater. Whitewater remains number three in the country. Lacrosse moves up to 12. They move up to remaining undefeated. Both teams undefeated so far in the WIAC. Uh, Lacrosse gets gets a win this week uh, against UW Stout. Whitewater beats River Falls. UW Oshkosh gets back on track beating Eau Claire and then looking forward to the week that's uh coming up here we'll get to see river falls and platteville uh uwsp will get their home game it's the spud bowl uh they'll be playing against uw lacrosse uh whitewater will play eau claire and oshkosh will get stout big game will be coming up november 6th that will be Quite possibly, I mean, if things play out kind of how they are right now, because UWSP has not won in division or in conference here yet, and Whitewater likely will take out Eau Claire, uh, could be a big, big game next week, Saturday, November 6th, as uh, Whitewater plays at Lacrosse. And that could be a very big game for the WIC this year. So it be very interesting to see as that comes up. But that is pretty much what we have this week, everybody. So thank you again for joining us for another wonderful week. Uh, we hope to have Aaron back next week and continue talking here about what will be you know, a rough game coming for the the, the Badgers, rough game for the Packers. Um, you know, the Bucks hopefully will keep us afloat here, but maybe we'll get one of these two football wins. We'll be you know definitely watching every minute of that and uh, and waiting to see what's going on there, and still hopeful for everything that's coming up ahead. Well, I'm. I'm not watching the World Series because I just hate all of them. I just hate all of them at this point, so I'm I'm not stuck at any of that. But whatever you're doing, whoever you're rooting for in any of that, or if you're watching it at all, thank you for joining us this week. Um, you can, again, of course, follow this podcast at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me at Not So Humble Host, and you can follow Aaron at Cheddar Talk. Uh, please remember to subscribe, download, listen, rate, and review this podcast. And uh, remember, as always... That whether you're on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.